Record. Always hit record. Always. Always. Man. Always hit record. Welcome to Opinions Like Ales, everybody, your favorite pop culture podcast where we have opinions and most of them stink. My name is Michael Zampino. With me, as always, is Hilton Price. Guten Tag, Zampino. Oh, man, you've still got it going on, yeah, huh? Yeah, I'm still in Oktoberfest mode. Still stuck in the fest. We just wrapped up last night. Uh, wunderbar. Yeah, it was. Uh, Tulsa Oktoberfest is wunderbar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, 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 Ziggy Zagin, we oi, 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 we, we danced the chicken dance, we wore Trocton, we did other barely understandable German stuff. I thought the last time you did the chicken dance, you got arrested. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because you were doing it wrong. Uh, no, I was doing it nude, which they do <laughs> not like. But they said that was the wrong part. That, that was the part that was wrong. That was the, they're like everything else was right. You oh, had all the moves right. Nailed the damn chicken dance. It was the it was the floppy ding ding. It was a little they, more. <laughs> you're supposed to do the arms and the and the wiggle. But when I did the wiggle, there you, was a little you flop. Cla- you clapped with your weenus on your legs. <laughs> I did. This is this is too much info. This is a very important episode. <laughs> this is the intro. This is the dirtiest scary. intro it's ever gotten. But it was a good October. Oktoberfest. It was good. Great. great. Another record-setting year. A uh, lot of money raised for river parks. A lot of people don't know that Oktoberfest is the reason we have all that great land down by the river to run, to bike, yeah. to uh, avoid, Drink. avoid the homeless. <laughs> uh, was the record for most puke? A lot of puke. A lot, a lot of puke. puke. A lot of puke. Every year, huh? Yeah. I, I actually do have a real, dirty, disgusting Oktoberfest story. Oh, my God. That I will save for next week. Why next week? Because we've got stuff to talk about. I don't want more viewers. I don't it's want listeners to. the drama. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't want to just yeah. scare off more new listeners. I'm, I'm trying to get. I, I want I want the first-time listeners to be two-time listeners. And this is how we're going to do it. Fair enough. <laughs> so. Fair enough. Uh, we have a return guest that we haven't had in quite some time, don't we, Hill? They come back sometimes. Sometimes they come back. That's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, this week we are so, so uh, uh, Chuck Foxen from Circle Wait, Cinema is here. Try it again. Uh, we over. are so glad to have Chuck Foxen from Circle Cinema here on OLA. <laughs> Welcome back Nailed to the show. It. One take. The one take king. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Uh, honored to be here. You guys are like this thing comes on and you guys like come alive. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's you know there's a, not that we're performative or anything. No, no, we're not. We're not. We're not seeking the limelight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. So Chuck, of course, is the program director. Is that your title? I'm the uh, director. Uh, director you got me confused as well what <laughs> am i bad. doing nowadays <laughs> i'm the film programmer okay and also uh the deputy director which i took about a year ago uh the deputy director so uh pretty busy nowadays uh, and that is of circle cinema mm-hmm. uh local i mean nearly 100 year old theater here in yeah. tulsa near uh first and, and lewis and, mm-hmm. and, and right on the edge of midtown yeah we just celebrated this is our 95th year 95th year. okay so 95 100 okay that's exciting Man. And, and the birthday is like is it like july 14th yeah 18th? exactly is it yeah, 14th july 14th awesome yeah i knew it was right by my birthday right so by- we can do fireworks 10 days later we can set off all the ones we didn't set off on the fourth exactly in fact this in five years save your fireworks on the for fourth. the next five years yeah. save the surplus of every july 4th everything yeah. you don't set off all the snakes you're going to want to set the them sparklers. off on the sixth and seventh re- re- don't do it restrain that urge save them for circle cinema's hundredth birthday for legality purposes yeah. i'll say that i am kidding because it is illegal to set off fireworks of in the city limits of course of but and quick reminder don't set them off at the circle, get away from the building. Absolutely not. Nowhere it a, near. It is a we historic building. Cannot have any sparks or anything. <laughs> Too many things catching fire lately. And Circle Cinema is a great example of kind of how in communities over time, 
parts of a community kind of get forgotten. They kind of get left behind. Mm -hmm. And then you have people that come around and be like, no, this is part of our history. This needs to be saved, preserved. New love, attention, money, funding needs to be put into it and brought it back. Because there was a time when the circle was not operating the way it is now. It wasn't mm -hmm. a fully functioning, wonderful theater with live events. You know, we did comedy there celebrating uh, Peter Bedgood's art and, and Evan Hughes' shows a few weeks back. Uh, our friend of the show, Josh Fadum, has his Noir Nights there, so you have special events. And, of course, you can just see your blockbuster movies like Killers of the Flower Moon, which is there right now. Right. And yeah, yeah. The I mean, the cinema, um, that's a big part of what we do is try to reach out to the community. You know, when we go to festivals, we're looking for films that resonate, that we think will resonate with the community. And then we can pitch those to nonprofit or organize or community groups uh, to make those connections, to bring them in to like, you know, all the added stuff that we do with film. Yeah. And, and, and not only do you have a chance to see blockbuster movies like you would at, at any theater, but when you have kind of special event films that aren't always going to go to the AMC you guys have a good chance of getting them there at Circle. Like, like I've had a chance to see movies that I wouldn't see anywhere else because I went to Circle Cinema. Yeah, we did a we did a screening of The Room there uh, a couple yeah. of years back, and I've been very sad to have missed the last couple uh, <laughs> because I had shows on both nights of the last two times it happened. Wow. And yeah, I was super bummed because that is one of my favorite things I've ever gone to there. Yeah, that was so so much fun. Well, and we did, the and the last one had fucking. Greg Sestero was, was here, yeah. Right. Oh, I was so pissed. Have you guys ever been seen together in the same room, though? Me and Sestero? Yeah. No, do not? we look alike? Well, I was wondering if you were like Greg or Tommy. Oh, because I've missed the real that. one. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. No, Greg's in way better shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very handsome. So is Tommy, man. actually. Yeah, but uh, nobody knows what Jimmy goes to. It's part of the Tommy mystery. Just like where, where is he from? Where does where he does, work out? Where does he get his mummy? Or where does he get the money? money. Where and does he get his muscles? Where does he get the mummies? <laughs> where does he get the muscles? <laughs> Uh, I uh, quick sidebar. So I um, I bought the uh, Lego Ra Raiders of the Lost Ark set last week, and, and I tell you this because when I was looking at the set, it comes with an Indiana Jones, and it comes with a Marion Ravenwood, and it comes Tight. with a Sala because of course it should. It has to. And then it comes with a mummy, like was bandaged monster mummy. <laughs> was there a mummy in Raiders? There was not. I didn't think there so. were snakes. There was uh, artifacts. There was the Ark of the Covenant. There was a shit ton of Nazis. There were no mummies. Wow, the marketing team. I mean, listen, right? if you're making, what was this? This was toys? Legos. Legos, Legos. okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you're the marketing team at Lego and, and it's down to uh, mummies or Nazis, <laughs> you probably go mummies. <laughs> that's probably it, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were like, ah, fuck, I mean, Lego Snake? Uh, we've done that. So that's... the boss comes over and he's like, Jim, what do you do? There's no mummies in Raider the Lost Ark. And he looks up and he goes, boss, it was that or Nazi? <laughs> Great mummy, Jim. You're doing a hell of a job here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, uh, anyway, but Circle Sin, we went to the Noir Nights a couple weeks ago, uh, and that's uh, you know, put on by Josh Fadum, and that's a chance to see like classic black and white movies from the film noir era. My my absolute favorite part of the entirety of the night was the second film. Uh, what was that? Armed Armored Car Robbery. Yeah, the, uh, where Charles McGraw plays the cop. Uh, and his partner has been murdered. Mm -hmm. um, he's deceased, dead, no, no longer with us, yep. no longer breathing. And his attempt to comf comfort the wife of said partner is tough break, Marge. <laughs> That's the actual line he said to the woman in grief. And then she says, well, 
if it's bad for me, you're his partner or something along those lines. That was basically like, yeah, I mean, I'm his wife and all, but you were his partner. It must be super rough for you. And I was like, oh, my God, this is fucking hilarious. It's like quintessential. Yeah, quintessential like uh, uh, um, uh, misogyny. (laughs) I mean, it makes me wonder, though. I mean, was that kind of like was back in the day was did did a did a man have a closer relationship with his buddy on the job than he did his wife at home that was the extent of a male expressing feelings was hey tough break marge yeah <laughs> and they're like ah oh, he's basically in tears <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why she was so understanding. i've never seen a man so vulnerable she's like i can tell he's really hurt he, yeah. he, no I'm, man you i wonder the you know what the real real life world was like versus them projecting oh yeah. absolutely what they want it to be or what they think it should be. Let's go find some old people and ask. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a little bit of mix, but it's probably a little Just more. Walk hype. up to a yeah. yeah. I want to walk up to an old like go to a, a retirement home and be like, hey, let's <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> your partner dies and you're comforting his wife. What do you say? Tough break, kid. <laughs> What well, else would I say? Tough break. Sucks it. to be you. And you don't even realize like how long ago those movies were made. Both of those movies were, I think they were forty eight and forty nine. Was that right? Okay. Because I remember getting home that night and looking them up, and I was like, and I was telling my, you know, my mom lives with me, mm-hmm. and I wanted to tell her, you know, we saw a couple of movies. Maybe you knew them when you were young. Mm-hmm. And I look up the list, and I was like, oh, never mind. These are before your time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, these are really old movies. I mean, yeah. the art form has evolved. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah. like. It probably was a little like that, but just the expression, how they, how the actors, um, you know, portrayed the lines maybe, or the writ, the way it was written and all that kind of stuff. So the way that things were shot too, the way they would like hang on things for like just fucking long time, like hanging like on, on, on a shot that has no relevance to really anything. And you're like, man, they're hanging on this ladder for a hot minute or something like that. You know, <laughs> a lot of letting scenes breathe, a lot yes. of scene setting, slow pans. I mean, and, and, and of course you mentioned the room too, which had lots of slow pans as well, but that was a different <laughs> of the, kind of, of the, uh, San Francisco <laughs> the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the, it, it really was, it was, it was as much educational because you know, yeah, yeah. For, for for guys like like me, like I'm a I'm a blockbuster Marvel movie guy. Like I'm not watching cinema, art house. You know, film. I'm not watching the stuff Scorsese says I'm supposed to. You know, but to when I do, I get a chance to be like, oh yeah, you know, there, there's there's so much more to it than the the CGI nonsense. And this was such a great example of like you say the evolution of the art form, Chuck. It was a chance to see how much things have changed and kind of the building the base. That the building blocks of, of movie making were built off of, mm-hmm. and it's really cool. Yeah, yeah it's like I, I guess it's like anything where you're like, after a, a few examples, they're like, okay, cool. So now we know what not to do here. So let's <laughs> right. not hang on those scenes yeah. so long. All right. Let's uh, not, what's the What's the next thing that you that's coming up that you're the most excited for? I'm always interested to know, like, you know, the the person that's putting it on, like, what gets you pumped? Yeah, there's a, a musician in Tulsa named Dustin Howard. Yeah, that's my homie. Okay, so Dustin does these live scores. Oh yeah, he's doing another one. Uh, is it December? Yeah, it's a we're calling it a science fiction spectacle. Hell yeah! And he's we're gonna he's big into like aliens and that reminds me, I need to talk to you about a date to get him on before that show that he's talking about. Okay, uh, to get Dustin back on for that. So hey. pretty stoked about that one. So he does that, and then he does ha- uh, Haxon. Okay, the 1921 film. Um, those, those two, those are so fun and really interactive with lighting and 
we got we got some lasers we got a smoke machine and that live performance down front is just really cool it's like immersive yeah experience the 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 idea itself really got me when dustin told me about it um for 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 the listeners uh, uh this will be dustin basically playing um a a score that he's composed uh that's different from the score of the movie correct Say it again. The, oh, he's doing, he's, a, he's doing a live... Um, yeah, and it's not the original score. He's doing his own he's score. He's doing his own thing. Yeah, so he's sort of like making his his own score and uh, and playing it live uh, while the movie is screening. Very fucking cool idea. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, so he's doing that. Haxon, which we did last year, which is kind of that witchcraft film. We did the, with the I think, it 100th anniversary last year. Hmm. Um, and that one has a... a a nice narrative that has that that goes over the the uh, the film which we leave on and so Dustin plays on that it's just it's so cool and weird yeah Dustin's incredibly talented I love that I love that guy we've known each other for about 20 years now yeah, going back to the to the rock and roll days nice so, yeah so those live scores and then you know we just got back from Toronto uh the founder Clark Weens and I and so those films release immediately after Toronto. So there's a bunch of stuff coming up. So, you know, some of my favorites were like holdovers, Mm. um, which was amazing. I just loved it. It's like, it's a story about, um, it's a story about, uh, it's Paul Giamatti. He gets, he's a kind of the teacher in in charge. And then all the kids go home and there's like a, there's like a student left and the housekeeper. We We watched watched the trailer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This looks good. It's so, it's like one of the warmest feel feeling films. If you watch that and it doesn't have the, you know, the, the outer shell of it is not warm if you see the scenario, but then it's so warm. It's yeah. like the perfect kind of holiday. Was this the film. one that we said felt like a, like a it Paul felt, Thomas Anderson or something? It, it had a very classic feel to it. Mm-hmm. I, and maybe it was in, in just the, the way the film looked or, or what. Is it but, set in like the 70s? Yeah, 60s, 70s, something okay. like that. I think so. I was going to sure. say, if it's not, it, it's, it felt like it as far as how they sh- how it's shot and everything. Yeah, we we remember talking about it was a couple of things. It was it, Paul Giamatti's character starts off very cantankerous, doesn't he? Yeah, and it, then the student that gets left over is as well. Yeah, so it's two people that are the same, and you kind of dig a little deeper and find out why they are the way they are. And there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities and connections there. So it's 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 a young version and an old version of someone that's a little. Um, what's the term? I'm trying to think of just a little grumpy, acerbic or oh. something. Just to, 1970. But it's an Alexander Payne film. Okay. So. Is that the guy who did Sideways? Yeah, n- Nebraska. Um, Nebraska was good. Yeah. Okay. I only saw that once. I need to revisit that. But yeah, uh, you can even see as we watch it here. We, I remember we commented on how it, it, it reminded us of something that had been shot in like the 80s or 70s because it just kind of the coloring looked different than yep. what we were used to from modern films. Little grain. I think they shot on grainy. film too. So it's a little grainy. Yeah, 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 yeah mm-hmm. absolutely. And the, the color scheme, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. a lot a, of brown, <laughs> a lot of tans and browns. Beautiful film. So saw that. Uh, also uh, saw Harmony Corinne's new film. Oh wow, uh, Agro Drift, which was like insane. Have you watched? Yeah, the trailer no, for I it? haven't seen. You, There's no. a trailer for it. Let's yeah. find that. Dig okay. into that one. And it's 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 hyper visual. Uh, it's shot in like. Um, I was obsessed with Harmony Corinne for a little while. That guy's insane. Yeah, we have He's one of a... his films coming. Oh, do you really? I thought I muted my computer. Never mind. 
No, let's uh, let's let's watch this. Do you want to watch oh, it is on? it pretty long? Uh, it's over two minutes. Uh, you want to? Let's do a pause. Watch it real quick, and then we can get back on mic. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's try that. Let's, uh... That was wild. That so we we're not sure we watched the actual trailer, but <laughs> what we saw was was everything we did see in the movie. No, the, okay. no, it's it's all that really hyper hyper stylized, like in the um, beginning, or infrared. Yeah. It's all shot in infrared. That was what I was looking for. And that's and that's and so so. There's never any like normal looking. No, wow. So the whole time I was sitting in the theater and just blasting these vibrant colors. It's amazing. Wow. And it's it's really kind of like a video game. It feels like it's got to be like a ride almost. It, it is. It was fun. I didn't want to get up. I mean, that's really? a Harmony Corinne wow. movie for you. Yeah, for sure. But I, I mean, and, and I don't know. So we, we in, in what we watched, there was that spinning skull thing. And then mm-hmm. after that, there was some real intense kind of noise that almost kind of startled me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I won't lie. I jumped a little bit. Like, right? Like, I'm, yeah, a little, like, 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 oh. I'm a little spooked and there's nothing spooky happening. Yeah, it's know? not supposed to be scary, I don't think. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. It's, but ex- I, it's exciting. It's it, kind of like the, mis- the, the kind of, it fills this spot that we've been needing in independent cinema for just something weird and crazy just to go escape into yeah it's it, we haven't had anything like that in a while something that's an experience do you know what it reminded me of what do you remember in uh in the office where gabe plays the uh the the scary movie he made yeah and he's like oh it's almost as if the filmmaker noticed that even narrative is comforting <laughs> yeah well and, and and that's one thing you know like i i talked a little few minutes ago about how i'm just i'm a marvel guy you know like i'm i'm getting spoon fed something like this cinema. isn't isn't in that's, your wheelhouse that's real challenging for me but it's the kind of thing too that like part of me knows like you can't always eat you know frosted flakes True. you got to mix it up you got yeah. cuz then that's how you appreciate things so have you seen gummo no no but i've you've told me a little bit that, about that gummo that would that be the one too. harmony Corinne movie that i'm like it's the one where it's almost a you don't want to see it. You have to see it. Yeah. Because it's one of those movies where if I was to just describe it to you. Which you have. You would, yeah, you would be like, that's a dream you had. That's not a movie. Yeah. <laughs> All I remember is you telling me about he's taking a bath in like a bunch of pasta or something. No, he's eating spaghetti while he's in a dirty bath. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Just and there's like gross. a weird spoon taped to the wall or yep. something. Yeah, well, and he also uh, he also at one point tapes up a bunch of silverware uh, and uses those as uh, yeah. dumbbells <laughs> while his mom tap dances behind him. Um, you yeah. know, you know that you guys are in luck though, because that movie is playing at Circle November thirtieth. November thirtieth, part of Cinedoom. Put it on the calendar. We're going Cinedoom yeah. November thirtieth. We're gonna go see Gummo. That's a that's a movie that we were like me and my friends back in the day. We were obsessed with that movie. We watched it all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. We quoted it constantly. We would just constantly be walking around being like, "I fucking hate rabbits." <laughs> <laughs> what is Cinedoom? So you know how like Josh Vadim programs this uh, noir program yeah. series. So also we have other kind of opportunities and um, work with. Uh, uh, Filmmaker Black Horse Low, which okay. is also Native American filmmaker, yeah. also Tulsa Artist Fellowship, did some of the Reservation Dogs. Yep, directed I was say he directed those. an episode. Yeah. Of those. yeah, and just like super smart dude, amazing, like just talented. <laughs> okay, um, he's doing a lot of stuff. He's got, he's got a bunch of projects going right now, but he programs the Cinedoom, and um, he's got like a double feature coming up. I think he's got two double features coming up. Uh, what do we got coming up? Repo Man oh, cool. this month. 
And That's he just he puts together some cool stuff. We try to do everything on 35 millimeter. Yeah. So Gummo's on 35. Mm, nice. This one coming up, Repo Man's on 35. Now, and 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 for someone like me that that's not uh, not not a traditional film guy, what's the attraction of thirty five millimeter? It, to make it really simple, sure. Uh, well, it's kind of the gold standard at Circle Cinema. First off, yes, uh, yeah. Secondly, like I, I've seen films there in thirty five and known that I was seeing something that I should appreciate, but just for the layman, for the for you yeah. know for the, it's it's just the enjoyment of analog versus digital, yeah. or it's, like, it's vinyl versus. MP3. Yeah, or yeah. burning the candle or having an LED little ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? it, it's, there's a little more of the humanity of the creation there. Yeah. It's, it's more it, raw. It's more, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's kind of like listening to, like, the, the music production of, like, the first At The Drive-In album versus, like, an Elton John album, you know? Like, they're going to sound very fucking different sure. as far as production yeah. and sound and, the, you know, all that stuff. The as far as like the the quality of the film, I mean, the digital nowadays with we have laser projection on all of our projectors. It looks amazing. It's crisp, looks perfect. Oh yeah, it's stable. Uh, if you put a thirty five millimeter on, the the you know the film's jiggling around mm-hmm. and there's imperfections okay. on there. The sound pops every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a lot of weird little things going on. And we, and we do everything we have to do nowadays. You have to do reel to reel. When you, the, the second you said the sound pops, I immediately went back and was like, oh, I haven't heard that noise in so fucking long, but it is it is a noise that you know. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you just know it subconsciously. Yeah, and like I a think, record. And, and I mean, growing up in the 80s, that, that was more common. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. so that to me just feels, oh, yeah, that's just going to the movies. Sometimes there's a little bit of a, a jiggle on the screen because yeah. of the film. Sometimes there's a little bit of an audio imperfection, but that's just part of it. You haven't even noticed that you, that it's gone. That it's gone. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, isn't that wild? A little and, fire in the projection booth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little accidentally burn a theater down. Got to go. Yeah. Yeah. But no, or on purpose. But <laughs> Inglorious Bastards. That's true. But that's the thing. And, and maybe that's why it's maybe subconscious for someone like yeah. me that I go and I see a movie at circle and I appreciate it, but it, it's not, it's not a thing that's surface level because it, it's kind of just hearkening back to seeing movies as a kid mm-hmm. and getting that experience again. Oh yeah. Were you, were you like a, a theater kid? Like, were you always at the movie theater when you were kids? You said you didn't get to go a ton. No, I, I went a lot because that was the thing that, and I, but I didn't until like middle school. Uh, middle school was when I met my best friend Joe, and he was just a moviegoer all the time. And so, like a lot of times, uh, like that would be the thing that I would spend money on, as is just going to see the movie. Yeah, and I, I was there loved a ton. It. Yeah, always loved it. I think for myself, uh, our, our, my my love came more in like the movie rental. Oh yes, at home. yep. That's where blockbuster I had way was more experience. experience. Yeah, had that kind of experience. Even into like my twenties, going and finding the one Sundance film on the counter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. So I remember uh, my uh, growing up. My my mom was very young when she had me, and so she would like I would spend every Friday night at my grandmother's house, and and for years the the routine was she'd pick me up, we'd go to Blockbuster, we'd get a movie. We'd get candy and then we'd stop and get food somewhere and then we'd go home and it was like every Friday. So every Friday, going to Blockbuster, looking through, going up, can I get this one? No. And then going back and picking another one because you can't get the R-rated movie. Either. <laughs> you know. But Grandma was really cool about letting me watch horror movies, though. 
because mm. she was like, oh, that's just scary. She just didn't want me to see any any like nudity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even that, I was like, there's some nudity in some of those. Like Friday the 13th, it's got some boobies. Well, and there was a period <laughs> from like 85 to 95, like every movie had some boobs or oh, every yeah. movie had a sex scene. Like, uh, yeah, we talked, we've talked many times about how many PG movies had tits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it was wild. Well, and I didn't realize it until I started seeing the conversation happening around Oppenheimer. And Oppenheimer's got a, a, a sex scene, apparently, between uh, uh, you know Robert and his wife in the movie. Oh, I was going to say between or, the guy and the bomb. Maybe, I think it, maybe it's his mistress. <laughs> I don't remember. But he's going to fuck that bomb. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people don't know that's why the bomb exploded. Uh, it was actually meant to do charity work. It was originally <laughs> called Koppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, and one of the articles I was reading was talking about how that was kind of unique to put a, a scene like that in a movie nowadays. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, you don't see that as much anymore. But I can't tell you growing up how often I had to awkwardly sit next to my parents watching mm-hmm. a movie while people are doing <laughs> it on screen. <laughs> and oh, like, yeah, yeah. What was the point of that? Were we just not getting it enough at home that we all needed to have sex on the big screen? Like, No, they just didn't care back then. Maybe that's what it was. It really was. They were just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, people fuck. <laughs> but I also think... There's if, no penetration. Who cares? If you think about studios back then, they're trying to sell it constantly mm-hmm. and i could see them being like sex oh, sells. The, the dude needs to let's have something for the man we need to have the sex scene in there. oh absolutely right? yeah yeah, yeah. And, and then guess what's on the cover yep <laughs> hot s- chicks exactly. on, a, on a sports car right with fire yep so and, and I, that's I, a rom-com I was, yeah i would see, I think, <laughs> I'd think a lot probably have to do with that too yeah, that's a good point. Probably trying to make it oh, as marketable as possible. A, yeah, there was such a long time where mm-hmm. like 90% of movies were just made strictly for men. Because they were like, obviously, this is our, the entirety of our demographic. Yeah. But then I guess the sex scene might have been the, to show some romance for the woman. So that so mom can have a scene for her, too. Could that's be. Yeah. Could be. Huh. This is what you're not getting at home, ladies. This is, I need to apply. This is what Tom Selleck can do for you. (laughs) This is the thinking I'm not doing in my role at marketing at Tulsa Ballet that I need to be doing more of. More wieners and boobs. Yeah, exactly. Like, we've got Don Quixote coming up. Maybe we also need a couple of topless ladies. Maybe it could be Don Quixote. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Don Quixote is already for the fellas. Dude on an adventure, chasing after a lady. That's a guy story. Yeah. Don Quixote, now there's something for the ladies, too. That's right. Because he is hung. I, uh, I got to tell you, next week, they're either going to promote me or I'm going to need a new job. But one now, of those well, for sure. I'm going to high five you either way. <laughs> Just make sure the, the promotion comes with a pay raise. That's yes, right. That's yes. right. Or the new job comes yeah. with a pay raise. But one of those for sure. Fingers crossed. Uh, Fingers we're calling crossed. this episode Don Quixote now, right? <laughs> I, I think we have to. Okay, cool. <laughs> Oh, no. Um, We watched a couple of trailers uh, today. We watched one uh, that we won't talk about just yet, uh, but the other one was called American Fiction. It looks badass. Yeah, I just want to off the gate uh, talk about uh, Orion here because uh, the second we saw the Orion Films logo, uh, I got very nostalgic, um, and I did look it up, and um, we were right. They did uh, only put out stuff until 99, but they were just recently purchased by Amazon MGM. I just saw that on the bottom of that logo mm-hmm. yeah yeah the amazon uh mgm company yep. right yeah <laughs> that's wild so and just gonna throw some of these 
notable, uh, some of their most notable stuff from back in the from day was Orion. the original Terminator, RoboCop, Throw Mama from the Train, Dirty oh, wow. Rotten Scoundrels, Caddyshack, Something Wild, UHF, the Bill and Ted movies, Platoon, Dances with Wolves, Silence of the Lambs. Orion was pumping them out back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. I know. Yeah, and they were it. pumping out good stuff too. Arthur, Amadeus. Amadeus. Little F. Murray Abraham in there. Mm hmm. Yeah. Married to the mob. <laughs> I wonder if they did. They, did they do. They probably didn't do the third Bill and Ted because that was just a couple years ago. I don't ago. think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they did the just first bought. two. Wow. So let's see. Their highest grocers were Dances of Wolves, Silence of the Lambs, Adam's Family, First Blood, Terminator, Throw Mama from a Train, Robocop, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, and Original Bill and Ted. I don't remember. Oh, First Blood's Rambo. Duh. Okay. Correct. Yeah. I was like, what is First Blood? And yeah, I, I, Rambo people there. just called it Rambo First Blood, but technically it was just called First Blood. Yeah, because the second one was actually Rambo First Blood Part 2. Right? Yeah. And there were people were so fucking confused. <laughs> <laughs> How's it First Blood Part 2? Jesus. It's funny. That's not a series that I ever really got into, um, but... Series like that and the weird changes that they made over time sometimes as they learned what the marketable part of a film was. That's one of the things that did get me into movies as I got into high school and college. But it was stuff like when you learn that Back to the Future 2 and 3 were filmed at the same time. And I was curious, okay, well, what can I see in Back to the Future 1 that makes it so separated that I can tell that things are the same in two and three, you know, look Crispin Glover looking for this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> looking for the strings, you know, looking for the puppeteer strings. Um, and, and another one to me was um, uh, the star Wars movies. The, the special editions came out when I was in high school where they added the new stuff to the original three movies. Oh yeah. And, and now most of that stuff's derided, you know, people don't typically like the, the Jabba walking around scene in the mm-hmm. first star Wars or the, the new musical number at, mm-hmm. at Jabba's Palace and Jedi, you know, which is permanently stuck in my head. I can hear that little grumbly dude singing right now, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> uh, but as a kid or as a teen or college or whatever, well, you're a young person, I loved that stuff. The idea that these filmmakers would go back and make changes and still play with it like it was kind of like a living document fascinated me. Well, we were also just blown away that they could do it too. It was like, you know, the fact that, that, the film technology was to the point where they could digitally add walking Java or whatever yeah. the hell else, you know, we were like, what? Or you fix do that, <laughs> fix the scenes on Hoth. So you can't see through the ship's parts because it was actually like, you know, the way they did that overlay, the matte overlay was, Oh, I don't really remember that. Yeah. You guys it, might be headed towards the strike conversations with the AI, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's, and that's the thing is that it's, it's all kind of connected. So the stuff you know, you, you appreciate computer effects on one end, but then when they're like, well, the computer's going to write the script now, you're like, okay, back the train up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, we stand with the unions. Firm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this, this uh, looking at this First Blood poster reminds me of uh, watching that Arnold Schwarzenegger doc when it kind of talked a little bit about his career, in a career when uh, Arnold and um, Stallone were kind of, they were like the the, the masculine men that were oh, yeah. saving, the, saving the world. They were both competing. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. harshly against each other. Oh sure, for these films, and so this is was his kind of probably Commando in nineteen eighty two. Absolutely, Commando film. Yeah, 
And yeah. then they, they started uh, sort of poking fun at it later. Like, do you remember in Last Action Hero? Do you remember that movie? Yeah. So in Last Action Hero, when they're in the movie or in the blockbuster. Yeah. And uh, they see the Terminator poster. It's and Terminator it's Stallone. Terminator 2, but it's Stallone. <laughs> but it's Stallone as, on as, it. As the T-800. And I think he like, he like laughs at it or something. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's. Well, uh, I, oh, 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 oh. There's one always, in Twins, too. Is there? In Twins, he walks by a, by a Stallone poster, and he, like, looks at him, and then he flexes his <laughs> muscle that's much bigger and just, like, <laughs> and walks on. Oh, that's fun. A little diss. Hell, yeah, a little, a little nut punch. <laughs> I, I will never... The scene where in in uh, Last Action Hero... So, so Schwarzenegger plays the action movie. hero in Jack the movie. Slater. Jack Slater. And he gets pulled out of the movie... And well, he, the kid gets pulled into, into the, the movie, movie first. And then they both get pulled out of the movie. Correct. And they go to the kid's house. And yeah. I'll never forget when Arnold introduces himself to Danny's mom. Uh, Mercedes Rule, I believe. Okay. Well, he introduces himself as Arnold Braunschweiger. Braunschweiger. <laughs> I, hello, I am Arnold Braunschweiger. <laughs> and that will be stuck in my head. For oh, I, it was the funniest thing in the world at that moment. Yeah. I saw that movie in the theater, and I remember me and my friend Chris standing up and headbanging when Megadeth played. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's uh, Angry Again. That's Isn't right. That? Yeah, which that's they played right. live when we saw them a couple months back. Also, that uh, was rad. I did not expect to hear that either. song. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, and I will say, Last Action Hero, uh, besides being very campy God, and silly and movie. fun, is worth a watch just to see Charles Dance just chewing the scenery for as the villain in that movie. Yeah, he's so good. Uh, yeah, before he was on, um, what's the medieval show on HBO? Game of Thrones. Yep. Yeah. He was before he was uh, uh, Lannister. Ty- Tywin Lannister. Tywin. Yeah. Yeah. Not Tyrion. Tyrion was Tyrion Dinklage. Tyrion was Dinklage, yes. But, but don't anyway, watch don't watch that show. Go to Circle and watch something <laughs> worthwhile. I think at the end of the like going back to Arnold and, and Sylvester, yeah. I think that Arnold ended up winning the the life uh, competition. Well, yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> he, he got to be he, a governor. He held office. Yeah, <laughs> married Maria Shriver, and then the Tulsa King kind of just like shit on us. And then now I'm like, oh. He, oh, he really dumped on us too. First off, the show shit on us, and then he shit on us personally he said when like he was like five it's degrees. Too fu- it's too fucking hot. Fucking old globe. It's too yeah. fucking hot. I sweat too much, but fucking grease. Yeah, <laughs> aren't you from L.A.? I'm made of well, all even even L.A. doesn't get above like eighty five. Yeah, but though. the last time it was rained was eighty two when Commando <laughs> came out. But he's but been in other places. You know, oh, what I mean? he's yeah. been in New York, which is gonna get hot. Yeah, yeah, right. Travel. Didn't you go to the desert for at least one of your movies, motherfucker? <laughs> like, there's a some of those Texas. scenes in Rambo like yeah. had to be hotter. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I I can't I can't hate on Tulsa King though. I did like that show. His, so uh, you did? I really? did. I did. I couldn't I even it. finish the first cut episode. That cut that out. I, I hated it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the real part. Cut, cut that out. <laughs> oh man. Um. So Schwarzenegger's son has been in a couple shows that we've been watching lately. Um. He's in the new Gen V, which is the, the yeah boys the, uh, the boy spinoff. Yeah. He looks nothing like Arnold to me. Oh really? At all? Like except for his name, I would not know that they were related at all. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Patrick. Patrick Schwarzenegger. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I've seen him. Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. Things. He doesn't look like Arnold <laughs> at not. all. He just, he looks, he's very, I wonder if he, and he doesn't more, look like, uh, an insecurity of his. It doesn't look like I Maria look like either. Yeah. He doesn't look like Maria either. Huh? I he guess didn't... he does look more like Maria. If you were to put one of them. Man. Yeah. He's been in some shit. I wonder what I've seen him on. Nothing's ringing a bell here. 
I don't know. So the first thing that I remembered him from was the Staircase series. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, now he's on Gen V. Oh, he's very handy. <laughs> I haven't seen him in any of those movies, though. All right. Well, cool. How's Gen V? So far, it's really good. We're, uh, I think, three episodes in. Um, it's definitely keeping with um, some of the the way the boys is done as far as like the the gore level and uh, some of the the comedy, yeah, uh, some of the silliness and the way it's sort of like meta in, in within itself. You know, like there's fake commercials for their stuff. I'm digging it. I just I like that world that they built yeah. a lot. Uh, have you watched any of that, The Boys? No, I've that, not. That's that's a good one. I'll tell you one I wrapped up this week, and I got to throw this out there since uh, I besmirched our good Oklahoma name by mentioning I like Tulsa King, <laughs> is I wrapped up and absolutely adored uh, the end of the third season of Reservation Dogs this week. That show, that show is a top five show for me. Wow. Uh, um, and, and, and not for like through lines, sure. uh, although there are some storylines that run through the whole show, um, but just because every episode... You never knew what you were going to get. Okay. There were some incredibly funny episodes. There were some incredibly heartbreaking episodes. There were ones that were not necessarily on any end of the spectrum, but were just powerful in their mm-hmm. own way. I came to love characters in that show who I never would have thought I was going to have feelings for. Like um, I, Her first name escapes me right now, but Bear's mom and the story of her in the third season uh, pursuing some new career changes. Um, and uh, coming to terms with her friend group uh, that she grew up with and the changes that happened there and one of them that was no longer with them. I mean, you know, as a guy in my (coughs) mid-40s and, you know, who's looking back on his youth and looking ahead, uh, of course, with my mom living with me, thinking about aging and what happens, you know, I it it was nice to kind of see some of these stories that I feel are are often ignored in television Mm -hmm. and and people and ages and groups that are often ignored. And and I know that was the the goal of this show to really tell stories from the indigenous community and the indigenous community of Oklahoma. But I felt like I was getting stories about, you know, being a middle-aged parent that I had mm-hmm. never heard before, you know, and 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 story- never never really like connected to somehow. Yeah, and, and it was- I can tell you those. Well, I don't want to hear <laughs> yours though. <laughs> but I'm I, a middle-aged parent. <laughs> but I, you know, and I just think that it it touched on these things in ways that I hadn't seen before on television, and I really appreciated it. And that and- was the first time I've ever out loud referred to myself as middle-aged, and it feels weird. It I does feel needed, weird. I needed to get that out. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's, <laughs> it felt fucking weird to say that. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. But no, you, it's okay. But you are. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna go back and finish Reservation Dogs, especially now that I can just binge it all. Yeah. Yeah, um, because I was really, really digging it, and it was one of those shows that when I stopped watching it, it was for no other reason than just other shit started happening, and I just never went back. Um, and then it, I, I do remember making a conscious decision though that when season three started, I was like, I'm gonna wait until season three's over, and then I'm gonna just watch it all. Yeah. So now that it's all all out, I'm gonna watch it all. There's a huge group of talented filmmakers that really haven't had the shots to mm-hmm. do this stuff. Which were given, you know, a decent budget. I think I'm guessing from Disney, yeah. and it seems like they were able to tell pure, honest stories the way they wanted to tell them without a lot of pushback from them. Yeah. Um, so with with those ingredients, what came out of it was really authentic storytelling uh, from like a core community, yeah. the Native American community, in small or even big cities, mm-hmm. like a lot of people can connect with it. Um, 
And then, you know, even like uh, Lane Factor, which is, he wasn't even an actor. His mom talked him into to acting. Uh, well, um, which one was he? I think it's Cheese, right? Cheese. Yeah. Okay. Which is based on a kid that we grew up with in, in Holdenville. Oh, Jeez. wow. Funny, really? funny kid. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. I hope that, because that came out of the social justice stuff. So distributors right. were like, we have to start supporting this stuff finally. You know, Sterling's been making films for a long time yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and doing tel- doing some great stuff. He's been a he's a talented person, talented filmmaker. And so, you know, now that he has this like now he's he's elevated. Sure. <laughs> he's probably gonna be fine. But he's helped all these other people rise up around him. And I think it's just great for, you know, you've seen all these. Now there's some like indigenous um, TV series popping up, other ones popping up. And yeah, yeah. So hopefully they keep supporting like they should because, you know, people want to see that content and, mm-hmm. and you can connect with it. And, you know, Native Americans are um, people, too, and yeah. we can connect. We're all the same. It's not like they're, you know, the stereotype stuff. So. Exactly. I think what will be important is, is as far as longevity goes is to see like because oftentimes, not necessarily in film, but in just in other areas of life um, or in, in entertainment, um, sometimes like one opportunity will sort of open a door, um, but then the society, I don't know what you would call it, just kind of says, okay, we got that now, and then sort of closes it and we move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really important, like like you said, now that that door opened, making sure that as many people as possible shove their fucking way through and make sure that that door stays open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and that it stays open for everybody going forward. These these there's a lot of like young native american films filmmakers coming up uh, even here locally that yeah. are like making big impacts um so i have no doubt that they've put their stake down and they're not going to go back yeah good. <laughs> they're going to keep moving forward good i, I want to see it well yeah and, and, and you know and as, as as someone who who grew up in in predominantly white suburbs you know it's so easy to have preconceived notions about other communities and to have those things shattered by seeing uh, uh, stories as, as true to life as the, you know these 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 makers can make them uh, was not only educational but it also helped reminded me about the the unifying factors between all people you know mm-hmm. you know fear for our kids fear for the next generation fear for our our our, our parents and our elders you know these are things that that every community faces and to 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 see how they were dealt with uh, on, on that show. It, it, it helped me address things in my own life. It helped me reflect. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm making a, sure. a, a, a talking a lot about little moments that happen to move over the course of watching three seasons of a TV show. But that adds up and it oh, builds yeah. up. And then you think about it in, in quiet moments in your own life. And hopefully you pull something away from it. And it was a, that kind of show for me that I pulled a lot away from. You know, it's funny. I, ironically, it kind of ties back to the to the movie that we barely started talking about, though, uh, is, is the, the idea of... Uh, of a door needing to open in the world of books and the expectations of community and the expect well and also the yeah the expectations from others of that community when they open that door uh, in in that this one sort of seems like uh, the the white community uh, says oh we're going to open the door for black authors mm-hmm. um, but when they bring forward books that aren't quote black enough for them. Uh, then, you know, there's pushback. And this movie seems to be sort of attempting to tackle that. um, I don't know that we mentioned the title. American Fiction. Hypocrisy. 
Yeah. yeah. American fiction uh, starring Jeffrey Wright as an author, a black author who's writing uh, uh, what, what seems like from the way it's told a quality book, but a book that isn't stereotypically black enough for his publisher's tastes. Right. The language, the, the, the themes, the slang, the, yeah. yeah, all of those things. Yeah. And, and, and his publishers push him to make something that is a lot more kind of following a stereotype and it sells like hotcakes. It's, it's sort of the reverse of uh, Sorry to Bother You. I, where in Sorry to Bother You, they're putting on their white voice. This is sort of the reverse of that. And that's and funny, And I dig too. it. I got a bit of a similar vibe to that. And, and it, this seems like it's going to be a very different movie. A lot, a lot less weird. Yeah. but in the Did idea, you see Sorry to Bother You? Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, but this seems like it's going to have uh, a lot to say about kind of the ex- expectations that, again, that, that, that white communities put on other communities. And Chuck, did you say you did get bit. to see this one? No, you haven't yet. No, okay. There's a lot of hype around it, so I knew it was going to be something big. And then when we when I got back, I saw that it had won the uh, Toronto International yeah. Audience Award. Yeah, I think uh, it was the so People's Choice or something. People's like. Choice. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and but you said you're going to be screening it. We are screening. I think the release date is December, early December. Go to CircleCinema.org mm-hmm. and uh, just keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to catch a screening about there because uh, this really did catch me. Like I thought this looked fantastic. It's 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 you know talking touching on um, conversations like this you know it's like an interesting story that it's it's the perfect time to like to I, want to see it for it to be made. Yeah, I just glanced down and noticed that it's uh, directed by the Good Places Cord Jefferson. I don't recognize that name. Who is who is he involved with that show? Uh, I'm looking it up, but okay. I know that uh, uh, my my wife adores. Um, I like the Good, the good place. place. It was a lot of fun. Uh, he's an American writer, director, journalist, and essayist. Okay. Yeah, so take that. Take that, other writers. He's won an Emmy, an NAACP Image Award, and a Writers Guild of America Award. Worked on the Watchmen. So suck on that, oh, high school okay. teachers that said he wouldn't amount to anything. <laughs> Watchmen. Oh, so you just talked about the TV series, the, the HBO series, uh, set in Tulsa. Was that set in Tulsa? Based in Tulsa. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, Tulsa, yeah. Not shot here. Not nope. They're shot in Georgia. I met with their <laughs> their their like uh, core creative crew came into Circle Cinema, and when they came in, we showed them the theater because they were looking for locations. Yeah. And yeah. Kind of the image, like what would a the- what would the Dreamland Theater have looked like? Okay. So we went to one that was you know where maybe like three miles uh, east of where Dreamland was. Yeah. So, you know, they came and looked at a similar historic theater. They fell in love with the pipe organ, and the opening scene of the film was on a pipe organ. It was the um, the black cowboy, first black cowboy from Oklahoma. Oh, show. yeah. Okay. Um, they were showing his film on screen, and then the, the pipe organ oh, down yeah, front, yeah. down center. So it was kind of, I, I don't I, I think it was kind of based on the Circle's pipe organ, that opening okay. scene of it. Nice. So that's nice a Love nice that. touch. And then I saw, like, in the with all the TV award stuff, I was like, oh, they were at the circle. I didn't really know who they were. Oh, was right like, on. <laughs> That's wild. Cool. Yeah. I started that series. I, I never finished it. I don't remember what happened, but I fell oh, off. Man, it was good. It was, good. Good. It was very good. Yeah, it wasn't for, for lack of a, a powerful storytelling at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not even a Don Johnson guy, but he was pretty good in that from what I saw. Oh, I fucking forgot he was in that. He is. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's in the first episode. I, well... Spoilers. Spoilers. He may have been in others. I don't know. Maybe I didn't see. Can't tell. Who watches The Watchmen? I don't know. I mean, it's been out for a hot minute. So. Yeah. T- 2019, if you haven't seen it yet. The book was okay, too. Oh, 
Was it a series or just one book? It, I mean, it was a 12 issue. Max, oh, okay. Cool, series, cool, 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 cool. It was all cool. set on the around the Centennial or around the uh, Race Massacre. Uh, the, the original book? This. The series. Yeah, the yeah. series. The, the yeah. TV series based around the Race Massacre. Yeah, well, that's that, that opening scene after they're, they're showing the movie. I think that's when the massacre starts, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yep. Yeah. That, that I am scene. so fucking glad that we stopped calling it the Race Riot. For, you remember how for years and years and years and years, yeah. that's how it was there referred. There was a moment we had in, to switch. It was yeah. in books. Like in our oh, yeah. books in, in high school, it was called that. Yeah. And You're like, the only person I've heard say that they learned about it in high school. Really? Yeah. I don't remember if I did. I, I, it I, was, I will say it was fucking glossed over in the book, but I had a cool teacher that was like, we're going to talk yeah. about this because we live here and it fucking happened here. It's one of those things that I've known for as long as I can remember, but I don't remember where I learned it. And mm-hmm. in, in conversation here in Tulsa, we kind of went from like zero to 100 in talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like it was very under the radar. And then finally we we started talking about it and then we just kind of wouldn't stop. And I, Well, I think people just r- refused to let people stop. I think just, that was the key. Right. And then more as more and more people learn yeah. about it, there's that, wait, oh, my God, what? And yes. you immediately learn a lot. It's yes. almost like something that you and I don't know if this is going to sound wrong, but I don't intend it to be. It's almost like something that you witnessed you drove by and you were like, what was that thing I just witnessed? Yes. And you're like, holy smokes, we yeah. have to go revisit this. Yeah. That was a real thing. Yeah. I, and I'm not saying that insensitive, insensitively, but I'm just trying to make that yeah, like analogy yeah, like, that we just, I get it. Everybody just went by this, like this thing that happened that needs to be acknowledged. Well, it's so easy to, history gets, you know, what you're talking about is kind of glossing over history. Mm-hmm. And, and we do that so easily because so much of history feels sepia toned and behind us and can't have any relation to today and sepia you, is not the right word i think it's um white <laughs> <laughs> wrong but tone you, wrong yeah, tone yeah, but yeah yeah yeah, yeah i get it i, mean, I get you know, what that, you mean that it, it's 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 the past it's gone it's not touchable now but when you really think about something like the race massacre and how it was what it's all it's now, now like 103 years away mm-hmm. uh, since it happened or whatever but it, we just had 100 years uh just the other year and you know, that's what, two and a half generations or something. Like, that's your great, great, it's like your great grandparents. Mm-hmm. Some of us lived with people, were alive when people who were, were alive during it. You know, there are still two descendants mm-hmm. uh, who were babies when here in Tulsa. Yeah. When it, in fact, the third all just passed away last week. Um, oh, that's uh, right. Uh, last name Ellis. Uh, his first name escapes me. Um, but he, you know, they were um, many times uh, were at. Um, uh, legal uh, events for trying to make reparations happen. They were at um, publicity events to try and help generate knowledge about the incident. And they were, I mean, they were babies. It was a hundred years ago, but they were there. You know, mm-hmm. this isn't, this isn't. We're not centuries removed. Exactly. This is the Roman empire. This right. isn't the fucking Pax Romana. You know, this is our great grandparents might've been involved, you yeah. know, and that's, that's where that soul searching, that that looking inward, comes in to be like, you know, how can we, how, how can we be part of the solution to like make things better? Yeah, they had already invented cars by then, so yeah. like it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> I don't want to dictate where this is going, but please just, do. Go, but go just forward. watching um, Killers of the Flower Moon, which shows in the film the opening scene, there's there's a couple scenes that show some um, of Tulsa, what was going on in Tulsa. Really, there's a couple times he pulls up the newspaper and it's talking about, you know, cause that was the, the same, t- same time, same time period right around the same time. Mm-hmm. And they called 21? it, they called it the air of terror or something like that. Yeah. I mean, where there was just like 
murder going on. Yeah. Um, but a lot of similarities over there as well. It was just a culture in Oklahoma of take what you want. It doesn't matter yeah. whose it is. Well, and that's kind of, you know, when we even going back to, you know, the, the land run. I mean, that was the very basic idea. Go grab your plot, make your land. The idea of the homesteaders and I'm just going to, you know, through the through my, the sweat on my brow, make my life and no one's going to stop me. Those aren't people there. Then never mind the ones that live there. Oh, yeah. No, no. That's mine now. Yeah. yeah because, you know, <laughs> manifest destiny and, and grace of God go white. It was 21. <laughs> was it 21? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. May 31st. Yeah. Incredible. June 1st. I mean, to for us to, to be able to have the opportunity to like to live and, and learn it, you know, yeah. help share that pass down to the next generations because it wasn't to us not till now. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Well, and, and, and that's, you know, I think we also got to get over the, the idea of bringing up history is somehow meant to make people now feel bad about the things that happened. You know what I mean? Like bringing up history is in, is never meant to uh, guilt anyone. It's just, uh, it's, it's about making sure we don't repeat those mistakes. Yeah. It's not saying you fucking did it or you should feel bad because somebody else did. Yeah. It's Killer, the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Killers of the Flower Moon, the first I'm not giving any I'm not no, that's ruining okay. anything here. The first the the first two hours is excruciating. I mean, I couldn't if I was I couldn't I don't know how native people feel sitting in there watching there because they have to be just traumatized over and just sure. you know, it's heavy. It's it's brutal. Yeah. And so that first two hours really is, I mean, it's tough, but it's the power of the film. Right. Is, yeah. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. Yeah, that's where, <laughs> where you're getting, you know, you're learning that. Yeah. Hopefully people are watching and learning. and It's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's not meant to make you feel bad or yeah. guilty. It's But it's, it's supposed to not feel good. Yeah. You know, it's supposed to not feel good that those things happened. Like, mm. You 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 should not feel guilty. John A. Movie Watcher going right. into there should not feel guilty that he had anything to do with it. But a little bit of like guilt, like oh my god, people. I can't believe human beings be were capable of doing that. I'm okay with carrying a little bit of that. Absolutely, you know? my ancestors. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and and just as a little bit of a means to remind us to to be better when in a position of power. And to be more humane, just in a position of interacting with each other. I like being Italian, but I can admit that Mussolini sucks ass. <laughs> Dude, we are three men in our, what, 40s or and so, a little sitting lady. around a table. Uh, uh, well, we, we hopefully told your kids to get out of the she's podcast in the, room. Yeah, she's not in here. She's <laughs> but, not in here. But we're, you know, we're... We're, we're dudes that were alive in the 80s when Porky's movies were popular. Mm -hmm. When it was like, oh, ha, 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 go peek in the girl's go, dressing yeah, room. You know, we've all said or done things as young men who nowadays would be like, that was not the way to act. You oh, know, 90% of the jokes I made in the 80s and 90s, I would be fucking right? mortified. But Mortified. But it doesn't mean you, you now kill yourself. It just no. means be better. And exactly. learn and grow. I don't know why that's a problem. Do better jokes. Yeah, do better <laughs> jokes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that was my takeaway. You Be know. funnier. <laughs> that's like, and it doesn't mean that things all have to go away. You know, you could still watch a fucking Porky's movie, but just understand that that behavior is not okay. Yeah, yeah, if you're watching it with your kid, be like, hey, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this dumb movie from 1985. You know? Nice boobs, right? Hey, don't do that. <laughs> I don't know, man. 
Anyways, do you want to talk about the second trailer we watched? Yeah. Should we? I mean, Anthony Mackie is he's he's a very charming man. Do you have a crush? A little. A maybe, little. Maybe. Fair. Maybe. <laughs> on your left. I don't Have you know. watched any of the uh um the, the twisted, twisted metal? metal? No, God no. <laughs> but you love Anthony Mackie so much. <laughs> I don't love him. <laughs> I tried to watch it. But Anthony Mackie's your favorite actor. You tried to watch it, you said? <laughs> mm-hmm. Did oh. you hate it? I, just, I don't remember what was going on with it, but there was something that I was just like, oh. That yeah. was one where I'm like, I want, I want it, I, like, to be good, but just also you love the video game. Yeah, but it's also <laughs> like realistically, that's not a move or a, a game that can be easily made into a film, let alone a series. Like, yeah, it's such a weird idea for a series. Yeah, you're gonna stretch a series out of the the game that was just. Kill the other cars with your car. <laughs> yeah. No, that was the game. Was there a storyline in that? No, okay. not that I remember. I mean, if there was, you didn't need to know it to play. I, I was going to say, you know? if there was, it, it was like way later years, maybe. Like if they did, you know. And let's be honest. It was probably just like the script to like the running man or rollerball or some shit. It was mm. just going to be like, it's the future. We now blow each other up with armed whatever. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, ninety minutes scene. tops. You get ninety <laughs> minutes tops of that, yeah. and, and then and then you call it a wrap, it's, and well, we go, the, oh, that was great fun. What's the word I'm looking for? Where the cities have all crumbled and everything is post-apocalyptic. Post, it's post-apocalyptic, sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's just it, was it? I I haven't seen the latest Mad Max movie. Wasn't that probably just a dystopian. twisted metal movie? Was it dystopian? Saw, is that the word you were looking for? I, no, I just in the Mad Max trailer, I remember big armored vehicles. I can get oh, yeah. into Mad Max though. In the twisted. You what? I can get into that movie. You can get into that? Yeah, yeah. the new ones. Mm-hmm. Did you like any in the, in the Mac, Mad Max? Have I seen them? I don't even know if I've seen them. Man, is Mad Max any? are fun movies. I, I remember Tina Turner in <laughs> one of them. That was Thunder Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah. We don't need another hero. That kind of thing. Mm, right. That song slaps. It does slap. That's it's what a I'm good playlist. song. <laughs> did you did, did were you into all of the Mad Maxes, the old ones, or just yeah, just yeah. The, the, they were the old so school. fucking fun. Yeah, that's another one. Um, that's like Rambo. That the first one's uh, the Road Warrior, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. That doesn't become and Mad then Max. Mad the Max one. And then Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah. yeah, and then the new ones love too. They well, to be that. fair, even in the Road Warrior, his name was Max, and he was pretty po'd most of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> And there's only been the one new one, right? The yeah, but they, re- Road? they released like a black and white chrome version that I've been wanting oh, yeah? to show at Circle on the big screen. Oh, cool. Did, you, you liked Fury Road, you said, yeah? Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was super fun. Yeah. it's it's you, They're not those movies that you're going to be like, this is an amazing film, but like it's a cool story, it's a cool world, and it's really fun to watch. Although I am like a green, yeah, I'm in like the green movement. I thought that part was kind of weird. There was like a little political thing at the end. Do you remember oh, that? in the uh, Fury <laughs> Road. Like, All right, I guess we, I'm supportive of this. This is helping the scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, there feels sometimes there it feels like some of that's being a little bit too on the nose, and it's like, that did for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's, use metaphor. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's got to be tough when you're passionate about something, especially if it's kind of a relatively new movement or ideology to and, and you're in a creative industry to not put that stuff in, you mm-hmm. know, like I, you know, you know, we talk a little, we share our politics sometimes on here as we For get sure. into new stuff we share. And I, I, I imagine if I was making a movie or, or writing an album, my, my, my politics, my, my, 
my philosophy would get in there as well. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) it just made me think of uh, uh, Birdemic and the, uh, the, the, have you seen Birdemic? You know, it's like on the room level of like, you know, it's like, Known as like one of the worst movies ever made, um, it definitely has some of the fucking most hilarious CGI I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, Birdemic, shock and terror. Um, there is a hilarious level of like lefty politics in this movie about killer birds. Basically, so, like the now- whole movie is like. Birds are trying to murder us because we did global warming. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh, the go back, go back, go back. Go that back. that part where he celebrates. Okay, so watch this for a minute. Um, and big I'm stock option. Huh? Yeah, I earned it. All those big deals I did with NCT. Woo-hoo! And millions of dollars of revenue okay, and sales. Okay, so pause it, pause it. That, that scene where you saw this man in a rolling chair very slightly go back and Woo-hoo! go, woohoo, and lift his arms and then that was it. Uh, that was after he made a multi-million dollar sale, apparently. <laughs> yeah, this totally is one of those stoked. movies that, like, is... It's so hilariously bad. Like, those those edits, the audio of, like, that shot versus the other shot. Or it's just so fucking funny. Um, is it real, though? 2010? No, it's, it's real. It's, they really try to make a good one. It's definitely real. Um... Riff Tracks has done it. Uh, How did this get made? Has an episode about it with uh, where Weird Al Yankovic was the guest, um, wow. and they actually had so on that. How did this get made? That's worth a listen because they actually had Whitney Moore, who is the lead actress. They actually had her on the podcast. Oh wow! Talking about it, yeah, man. She auditioned in a high school oh, parking wow. lot. Apparently, the, the special <laughs> effects of the bird floating. It's the funniest and thing I've ever seen in my life. It's so it's, good. Yeah. Oh my god! Man, there are scenes. Have sex scene. There are scenes where the birds are like hovering. Yeah, like just flapping like this. Yeah, like, like a fucking screensaver. It's the funniest <laughs> thing you'll ever see. Do you guys remember the screensaver where the toasters with the wings would go across? That's the screen? exactly mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Look, there it that's, is. That's great. That's, that's great. <laughs> like a video, like a. Uh, Video game from computer PC video game. You remember the the era of like CGI movie video games. Remember when like, uh, do you remember a thing called? I think it was called like the Magic Eye or something. I remember. Oh, yeah. This was the thing that would play at like Best Buy or wherever they sold TVs in like eighty nine or ninety or whatever. Whenever like computer animation, not Magic Eye, was it? Uh, Magic Eye was the books. Those, those no, books. not that. I'm sorry. This was like when the Mind's Eye. The Mind's Eye was at it. It was like <laughs> yep. computer animation. And it would have was like music by like brand new or Tangerine Dream. Let's see, see if you can find it. Yep. So this was a thing that I remember my first stepdad was like obsessed with. Uh, he thought it was like the coolest thing. This was like, there it is. Yep. So yeah, this was like when computer animation was like first invented. And uh, people were like blown away, and this would like play on all the TVs, <laughs> and people would be like, "What? A computer made that statue run?" Yeah, <laughs> that's the level of computer animation we were talking about. And I was right; it was ninety. I said eighty-nine or ninety. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so proud of that. <laughs> Dumb. Here's some of the music. Yes. This is Windows One. 
Where did it play? Like every oh, TV like it, store, like, like yeah, yeah. They'd have yeah I don't even know if Best Buy existed back then. No, it was like Circuit City. Yeah, or, or James Venture. Way. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Love it. Uh, Fuck the, yeah, that's the, my pick of the week. Just kidding. <laughs> the Anthony Mackie thing we watched was uh, "If You Were the Last," which is a movie about a uh, two friends or two coworkers trapped in space who decide to maybe have a relationship. There, the, it seems like the entirety of the movie is them deciding on whether or not they should fuck. Yeah. They're like, we're already basically in love. Oh, I get If you were the we? last, it's if you were the last person on Earth. Yeah. Only they're just the two people in space. It's the hypothetical, I wouldn't fuck you if you were the last person on Earth. Gotcha. <laughs> but and now it's like, but it's would Zo- you fuck me if I was the last person? But it's Zoe Chow and Anthony Mackie, two just incredibly people who good should looking fuck. people. People who should fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did have to look up. Chuck's like, I'm not touching this. <laughs> I, I love when we get on a roll and sometimes the guests are just like not looking. Just not, like, that's, that's, that's fucking gross. I'm not talking about that. Uh, I knew I, Peacock was making series. I didn't know they were making movies. Oh, I did have to double check that Zoe Chow is not the girl that directed Eternals. Is it the same name? Uh, Chow, but I think that's a common last name. Hilton. Hilton. No. <laughs> no. I don't know. What shocks you about them making movies versus TV? Um, just because, I mean, I didn't know they ventured out of, because, uh, you know, they're more, I thought they were more series. like series. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Because it's NBC, I guess, maybe that made me think maybe. that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you get the, the peacock makes me think television. And there's no theatrical yet. They're not, they're not releasing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just streaming movies for people that want to watch an hour and a half story, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it just surprised me. Like, uh, because the series really are really just long movies. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. Now. Especially, yeah. So, you know, like the boys and like, yeah, a lot of those, like so every work. episode's like a fucking movie. 90 like, per- big blockbuster. All the Disney Plus stuff, all the Star Wars and Marvel yeah, shows are always six episodes or eight. Oh, They're I essentially just too. two or three movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You guys been watching the new season of Loki? Did you I highlight watched. this on purpose? Yeah, dude. Sylvester Stallone's middle name is Gardenzio. Hell yeah. Gardenzio. <laughs> he's, he's as about as Italian as you can fucking get. Who fucking knew? That's a name. Yeah. Also, that's his real name? <laughs> Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> I'm impressed. I don't know. He might have locked his wiki, and maybe it wasn't his real name. Oh, no, good point. Maybe, maybe there's a, Also, July 6th, another July baby. Just like me in the Circle Cinema. <laughs> nice. 77. 77? Yeah. Wow. Was that like, when he was... Oh. No. <laughs> He's, born like, saying, you, he's two years older than me. A lot of people don't know. Special Stallone's 46 years old. He's not, not looking great yeah. for 46. Tanning bed. Does it talk about Too all the... Too much time outside in L.A. <laughs> uh, does his wiki talk about how he tried to force his, the writer of Cobra to make him... To put his name on the book? Really? Yeah, he was like, I, I wrote the screenplay, so it's, it's, you know, it's like I wrote the book, so this just be by me. He wanted the guy that wrote the book of Cobra. The to book, put that, his the name? book that Cobra was based on. Well, yeah. So, like, it would be like Cobra, a novel by Bill Jones. Well, basically, later I adapted think, to a screenplay by Sylvester Stallone. I think what really happened is like it was so he he made something so far off from the book that he was like, it's basically different now. So you know, it's basically like I wrote the book now. Yeah. <laughs> You know how Stallone hubris. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to look up the meaning of Gardenzio. Um, that means a garden, doesn't it? Gardener? Who knows? 
<laughs> what season are they in? And are you keeping up with Tulsa King? Yeah, no, I am. Uh, they they only did the one season. Uh, I think oh. they're shooting season two now. Oh, so um, it's probably paused as well. Yes. with everything else. Bummer. Yeah, but now I no I, bummer I, that they're doing it. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> definitely one of those. <laughs> it was not a dude. You you take the Tulsa stuff out of it and just make it about like a mob guy stuck in in like a smaller community. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fine, fuck it. And they're not filming here anymore. Yeah, it's like Tulsa King filmed in wherever, probably yeah. LA. No, that our dogs the, are being dicks out there. The dick dogs. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that that that's extremely disappointing because the problem with it too is it would not be hard to set it here. You know, there's they plen- already did once, <laughs> right? It obviously worked. They did use a cut. There are plenty of scenes that were shot from the first season in Tulsa. Yeah, Becky got to see Stallone in person from her office. Yeah, there's a couple of, uh, especially downtown. There's a- she was trying to walk to her car, and they stopped her, and they were like, "Don't walk right now because they're shooting, and you'll be in the scene." And she punched him in the nuts and walked by. That's that one scene where you saw her walk by. He's trying to go to the bank, and And then that that lady just punches a dude in the nuts. Yeah, and then she does the bug bed, uh, bed bug walk. (laughs) So smug, (laughs) man, self assured. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, Gardenzio can can fuck fuck right off. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we loved Rocky and Cobra, though. Yeah. Did you ever see Cobra? Mm, Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't remember. I'd have to probably watch a little it's bit. It's a weird one. Oh, yeah. It's a fun one. Yeah, it's, it's, not got, o- it's not over the top. No, it's no over the top. That's for goddamn sure. I know sure. it's got a cool poster. What the poster's post- burned in my head. Oh, Cobra? Cobra? Yeah, yeah, it was cool as fuck. <laughs> That's what made me watch it, though. It's like, yeah, a lot of the times you would have this badass poster, and then you'd see the movie, and you'd be like, God, that movie sucked. <laughs> Why was the poster so cool? <laughs> we spent all of our movie budget on a cool poster. Now we got to make a shitty movie. <laughs> Oh, you're trying to find Cobra? It's probably like 86. Fucking nailed it. Wow. Yeah, that is a great poster. Look at that. Crime is a disease. And I'm the cure. There you go. (laughs) The whole whole intro is Stallone breathes talking like, there's a crime committed every 35 seconds in LA, a rape every 24 seconds, a murder. <laughs> that's literally exactly the intro. That, yeah, yeah, it's it's <laughs> him st- uh, d- giving you crime stats. All right. <laughs> and how many movies have started like that? <laughs> it's like just the one. Uh, they were like, "Don't do that again." <laughs> People hated it. Where is his film? <laughs> Let's find out what Schwarzenegger released in '86. Raw deal. Raw deal. They oh almost my. look exactly the they, same. They look so much similar. <laughs> of course funny. they do. Oh, wait, wait, where'd it go? Where'd I, where'd I put you? Oh, no. Too many tabs. Right. There's Raw Deal. That's funny. <laughs> there it is. Black wow. and red. That is little scary. He's though. in a white tank top. I'm in a black sleeve, long sleeve. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Man. That's a great doc on Netflix, by the way. Which it's one? Yeah. Three part, the Arnold. Oh, really? It, okay. It's like his first part is uh, his weightlifting. Okay. Talks a little bit about that. Then it goes into his um, his uh, filmmaking career, and then into the politics. Okay. So yeah, it's it's really cool. They did uh, on how did this get made? They did a Hercules in New York episode, and one of my favorite things that they did was they found a clip of. Originally, they had dubbed Schwarzenegger's voice, 
um, because his accent was so thick that they were like, people are not going to understand a word he says, which they were kind of right. Um, and so they had dubbed it and uh, they played a clip of the dubbed version and it was just such a like, it's like- it sounded like a clash of the Titans. Um, like, and I am the king of the, you know, I am a Greek god, and this is the voice of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow. It was really funny. Reminds me of uh, Clayface on the Harley Quinn show on Max. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's essentially what it was. Yeah. You ever watch that, the Harley Quinn on, on Max? Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's fun because they've got Clayface as like a an over-the-top wannabe actor. And it, it's, it's very, if you get a chance, watch it. But, you want to know why I brought this up? I want, I just want to read what it, the title so is for the listeners. Let me explain. So this is don't explain se- first. Let me read the title out of context and then explain. <laughs> no, I think I should explain first. Okay, fine. This is a scene from the documentary of the band Fish called Bittersweet Motel. Came out oh probably late nineties, early thousands, right around there. Um, and it is a scene involving members of the band talking about. The feeling of being on stage. And it is entitled Trey Anastasio and Paige McConnell pumping iron and coming all day. <laughs> I'll hit play. Okay. Like, like that thing pumping iron when Arnold's talking about working at. He's like, you know, every time I get to that last set, it's like I'm coming. And then girls see my muscles and I'm coming all night. And it's like all day long I'm coming. You know? Did he say that in I Pumping Iron? Feel, you know. I need to rewatch Pumping Iron. Right? Yeah. I think it shows that clip in that doc. I think I remember seeing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Showing this clip? Or, no. or the, the clip they of Pumping Iron? They show the clip oh, of Pumping great. Iron. It's li- <laughs> they do show it. I remember it. It's weird. Because I remember uh, being like, oh. Right? <laughs> it, it would be kind of cool. like though. I'm jizzing all over them. All the women in the audience take my muscle jizz all over their tits and face. But what if we go one further? What if Arnold talks about Trey and Paige from Fish? And then they're talking on the balcony about me coming. And they're masturbating their guitars for hours and hours. (laughs) And they're just fucking noodling. It's just noodling and noodling all day long. A bunch of fucking guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you're watching band practice. I'm watching Fish and then I'm coming. (laughs) Meta. Oh man, that's good stuff. <laughs> we think so. Should we pick it and plug it? We should definitely pick it and plug it. <laughs> oh man, ladies and gentlemen, we just had a great uh, Starlight Comedy Night uh, two nights ago. So I have no idea uh, who is on the lineup for the next one. So let's just push the other podcasts. Tune into my other podcast, the People First and Paper Podcast. Where we're going episode by episode through every episode of the hit NBC sitcom The Office. Me and Brian Sittler and our guests, including Mr. Michael Zampino and our favorite guest, Mr. Josh Boltz, coming back again and again to talk about the show. We are deep in season six. We're about to get the take over of saber so if you want to see the addition of zach woods to the show as well as a Sabre. fun guest uh turn from kathy bates uh stay tuned to the people person paper podcast and we'll get you covered on that she was fun as that character as joe joe bennett joe bennett joe bennett yeah mm-hmm. gabe you're too fat <laughs> um um do i have a pick man go back and watch reservation dogs again perfect i've been wanting to do it I, I think i'm just gonna start season one again real soon um, you talked about uh, Lane Factor uh, as cheese. The solo cheese episodes are some of my favorite on that show. Um, 
for little things like the way the character he's the only character who the entire show he's giving his pronouns Mm -hmm. no one ever asks no one ever challenges on him except for like there's a couple of like little like you know side eyes or whatever but and he just he's 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 undeterred from that and i love that about the character of cheese on how he just kind of knew who he was knew what he believed and was kind of stalwart in that. You know, he never really changed from what others wanted of him. I mean, you know, he was a kid and he was learning and growing, but I don't know, man. I I just I want to be as sure of myself as Cheese was as sure of himself. Be so. like Cheese. And knowing that it's uh based on a, a real person and, and someone you said you you knew this kid growing up, huh? Mm, yeah. That's really cool. I'm pretty sure it's based on him. I mean, his nickname was Cheese. He was hilarious. I just think that I can see some of the similarities uh, with the character with them. Um, Did you grow up around uh, Starland? Uh, we went to high school together. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, in, where uh, at? Holdenville. Holdenville. Pretty close to where they filmed in, uh, I think they filmed in uh, Okmulgee. Okmulgee, yeah, yeah I believe so that's correct. Pretty close to there. Same, Probably same small town kind of world. And No money. Yeah. But Circle was such a good friend uh, to, to, to that show, just the entire run. I remember when it first launched, you guys had a premiere you guys were doing the episodes over the summer before season three came out. Yeah, we did the red carpet the first night during the pandemic, which was crazy, you know, doing a big event. Oh, the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we, yeah. The, the, oh, you know, the pandemic. <laughs> right. They, you know, the distribution company. So Disney came in, FX came in and um, they shut down the street. The entire street was huge green carpet for some reason they want a green carpet okay all the way down the street so the whole against the whole strip of buildings was uh press and every spot was full i mean it was like a legit red carpet how cool yeah that's great and then we did a uh, in the back we had like four big huge tents and had a, a micah wesley which is a he's an artist dj um he was back there spinning records cool. and had Bradley James, native um, chef back there, making food, and it was just like a big party. It was That's cool. That's awesome. And awesome. I think people just kind of, it was one of those times when people just needed to like get together. Yeah. So it was outside, so still responsible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see that show, I'm like, God, I want some fucking fry bread. Oh, I know, right? It's so oh, good, man. That, that shit is, is so good. Yeah. I had a I had a native neighbor when I was a kid, and uh, uh, the their daughter was like, a year younger than me or something close enough to where like we hung out and we played and stuff. And I went over there and I had dinner and the first time they gave me a fucking fry bread taco, my little brain exploded. <laughs> well, and just, the, I was like, give me this all the time. <laughs> this is amazing. Well, and just, and, and not even just the food, which always, I mean, that, that's another thing. Reservation dogs is like a Ghibli movie where there's all the food always looked great, <laughs> but also just like the, the sense of like the entire st- town coming together to make food and like the kitchen is just packed with all the women from the neighborhood and i'm just like i miss like growing up where my family would have big get-togethers like that you know it that's was- that stuff's all real too and in like churches you know you go to like it, it, it's it's a, almost every time people get together it's it's you know there's there's a love a loving moment or death yeah and everybody's coming together i help sterling with a death in his family and at the same time, people are sharing stories, laughing, coming together, eating. And it's the same thing they do in all of, all of it, with my experience with all of those things all together. It's like this like communal thing, coming to this church to celebrate each other, remember that person mm-hmm. or, you know, support this next person with food and love and funny stories. Man, those are like 
those those memories down there, some of the people down there, the most funny, cool people ever. And they just stay down in Holdenville. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's cool. And that culture is like, it's in a time capsule in a way. Yeah. Well, and it just goes to show how much, you know, there, there's, there's always a lot of pressure on like, you know, do this, do that, get out, go on, make your name mm-hmm. in the world, go, go, go. But communities need people to stick around and help build the community too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I went to high school. I, I moved around a lot when I was a kid, but I, I went to high school here in Tulsa, uh, Jenks high school, go Trojans. And, you know, living in Tulsa now, sometimes I wonder like, should I have gone to wherever? But no, no, your, your path doesn't have to go. Your path just has to go wherever you think you need to go. Yeah, I, and I'm that sh- might be to Tulsa, to LA, to Germany, to Holdenville. And, and, and there's no, none of those are better or worse than the other. I've always wanted to be a performer my, my entire life. I've wanted, you know, when I was a kid, I just, I wanted nothing more than be a rock star. Right. And by high school, when I was like learning instruments and like trying to be in a band and stuff, even then I would hear like, you got to go to New York or LA. Sure. You got to go to New York or LA. You know, the second I started doing stand up, you got to go to New York or LA. You got to go to New York or LA podcasting. You got to go to New York or LA. Fuck that. I don't have to, especially podcasting. You can do that any fucking where. There's a lot of those themes are with the film Mm -hmm. as well. Staying in your community or going to California, you know, and the same thing with Sterling's career. Like he actually has brought and, and showcased what we can do in Oklahoma and why it's important to tell those stories here and, and to make those films here. And those were often shot here too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Reservation dogs wasn't pretending that yeah. Tulsa was somewhere else when <clears throat> there's an uh, one of the very last episodes is set partially in <laughs> Tulsa and it's at Tim's diner two miles down the road from here. There's a scene I'm watching two characters interacting and I go, hey, mom, remember when we were sitting in the back corner of that room? <laughs> oh, that's always fun. Yeah. Uh, Umberto's Pizza is, mm-hmm. is in that same episode. That's I good freaking shit. love Umberto's Pizza. Umberto's rules. And you better know that the next time I go there, I'm sitting at that damn table. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you're if you're in the Tulsa area, go get an Umberto slice one day. They're, that's oh, good yeah. shit. And then watch the reservation dogs. They do a good like uh, calzone and stromboli too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Chuck, any plugs? Anything you want to specifically tell people to look out for? Mm, man, there's just a lot of stuff coming up. Working on a lot of stuff for uh, November, December. All of the Oscar films start coming out, so. Man, there's a lot of stuff. You know, that's tough. I just, I was just thinking about it. A plug for you must be, it would, or specific one anyway, would be really tough just because what you do covers every different genre and, and, uh, you know, demographic. And so it'd be really hard to pick like two movies and be like, I'm going to plug these. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Killers of the Flower Moon now is. That's a good one for sure. It's, it's a story that everybody, it's a film everybody needs to see. And with the strike, it's kind of like, I think a lot of these films are not like an independent film, like, um, let's say, uh, Parasite. If mm-hmm. those people weren't out there pushing that, the director wasn't out there pushing that, that film might have just sat dead and no one talked about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though that was a big word of mouth film, but there's other indie films coming up by even Neon Pictures like Priscilla uh, coming up. Yeah, we saw the... Uh, trailer for that yeah too. that was awesome. we also just watched the trailer for the iron claw are you guys going to screen that one yeah a24 fox searchlight neon pictures mm-hmm. sony picture classics almost take anything they have yeah nice 
I try Iron to watch Claw it looks all. Good. Yeah, but yeah. So any like a lot of that stuff, I ha- I have trust in it. It's almost like how sometimes people just trust what we do. Yeah, that's fair. I trust what they do. I I do investigate and see what the movies are all about. <laughs> fair, because <laughs> I've had to stop or you know not show things. A lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Um. But. Um. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming up. A lot of indies that aren't going to get get mentioned um so, so safest thing is just go to circlecinema.org mm-hmm. uh, and just look at all the upcoming dates and events uh, yeah. and see what tickles you um i would definitely say look out for um dustin's uh live event um what's that going to be called uh it's a i think we're calling it a uh, science fiction spectacle oh that's right um <laughs> so and that's, then that's going to be in late december that one's no that one's coming up real quick that one's, I think, maybe Thursday, which I'm terrible. I should know all those things. And then in December 21st is when we do Haxon. That's the one I was thinking yeah. of. Okay, because that's the one he asked me if he could jump on the show before. So that's cool. We'll be able to uh, get a little plug-in uh, for both of those. So this coming week, uh, hopefully, is the... Uh, uh, we're looking at... Yeah, well, fine. But you'll find it. But yeah, go to both of those. Uh, so there'll be one coming up very soon, and then one in uh, in December 21st, and we'll have Dustin on before that. So, yeah, just follow CircleCinema.org, follow Circle Cinema on Facebook and the socials. Got a pick this week as well? Uh, a pick? Mm, there's there's some of these films that, come, that are coming from Toronto I'm pretty excited about. Holdovers is going to be a big one. Uh if and when I get to uh, sleep, that was a Korean film by a, a first-time filmmaker that I loved, at, a horror film that I loved in Toronto. Okay. Um, but it's a little indie indie thrill uh, horror film that it's good. That sounds spooky. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that Speaking one. Speaking of horrors, did you see um, Skinamarink? Skinamarink. We showed it. Did you? Okay. That's one where I saw the trailer and I was yeah. like, I love scary movies, but that's one where I was like, that looks very scary yeah that one for some reason there was it was something about the way they did the trailer that i was like this is one that i think would scare the shit out of me and you guys had that one that that's i love scary slother house yeah slother house i've heard great things about that yeah. which is streaming now you <laughs> nice catch yeah. that one streaming yeah that's one uh i think we saw was it jacob Ide was hosting that or someone maybe i don't know um, I will say uh, the one the one that I'll want to know if you if you get to screen is um, the at the or the uh, oh uh, from the Cedric and Omar documentary about the guys from at the drive in and Mars Volta. So they have a documentary um, that I believe is debuting. At, it's debuting at a festival this month. Hmm. Um, it's going to be called uh, If This Gets Weird. Yeah. If oh, this nice. ever gets weird. Um, That'll be one that if you uh, if you get the chance to screen that, I'm definitely coming to that because I really super want to see that movie. Nice. Yeah, those guys are incredibly interesting people. Their music is insane and weird and amazing, and I love it. In general, a lot of people think that I am like plugged in with everything. Oh sure, I learn from so many people. And nice. I'm like, try to you have to be humble at the job and not have an ego with it at all. Oh, that's great. Like, you don't know. You know, it's like everything. You yeah. don't know shit. So. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought I knew cannabis until I started in the industry. So if someone knows of an independent film, a, a small picture that you may, may not be on your radar, it's okay to contact Circle Cinema and let you know? 100%. Cool. I learned a ton from people. Uh, our members give us a lot. Our front of house staff is just, these guys are like, they know about way more. They know, almost know about film way more than me. 
is like you just got to surround yourself with these people that, that like, love it and know it. Yeah. And yeah. I love just, that. They just, it just flows. Well, you're in. welcome. You can yeah, find this one. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And, and real quick, we won't go too deep into it. You, you mentioned members. You, you, you've got like a member program up there to where you can help support the theater and kind of get some little perks along the way, right? Yeah, right now. I mean, I, it's almost like if you watch, if you're a movie fan, just become a member because there's free popcorn. I think if you watch six movies, it pays back for the pays it back in the savings of ticket sales because you get a, like a three dollar off savings. Nice. It's just, I mean, if you love film, it really pays, and you get free popcorn every time you come in. It's See, amazing. And then, of course, you know, your movie isn't your your money isn't going to some chain that has got you know thousands of theaters around the world. It's going to a locally run and main, ma- maintained theater right here in Tulsa yeah. that's fucking right about to save. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, we, we all go to the, th- the big theater sometimes. Look, but I say it for funsies, okay? Just be no, mad with me. <laughs> I, I, I was just, getting there. I'm kidding. I was getting there. We all go to the big theater sometimes. But you're right, fucking Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Suck it, Cinemark. <laughs> uh, what let's about see. You? Oh, me! You can come see me live at the Heirloom Rustic Ales for Brett Jeffrey's Riff Show, November 4th. Uh, Come see me for that. That's going to be fun. One of the best shows in Tulsa. It's a really fun time just because you get to be very, very silly and you don't have to uh, rely on all your written material. You get to really just goof around. Um, And as far as picks. Got a pick? um, I actually uh, had a couple. Uh, Music pick. uh, I... Just recently rewatched all the uh, uh, all the old Jackass movies, oh, wow. um, and uh, been listening to some CKY, um, which of course the uh, Bam Margera's brother is the drummer of that band. Um, CKY stands for Camp Kill Yourself. Uh huh. Fun. Um, Infiltrate, Destroy, and Rebuild was the album that I was digging on. Um, if you like that type of shit, also uh, just rewatched it. It's uh, October. I'm watching a bunch of scary movies and. Uh, movies that are just sort of in the genre, like some of the comedy. Rewatched Munchies. Rewatched, uh, but I rewatched The Monster Squad. Oh, wow. did you ever see that one? Yeah, that was when I was a kid. I was obsessed with that fucking movie. <laughs> I could not get enough of it, and I was rewatching it as an adult. And I was like, man, it was another one that fell into the category of like having so much adult content in a kids movie. Um, but the standout of that movie, rewatching it as an adult, was the little girl who played Phoebe. Um, rewatching it, that is one of the best performances by a child that young that I've ever seen. She's so fucking naturally good in that movie that I was just like, holy shit, who is this kid? Um, and I looked it up and she did continue to work. And I think um, uh, might even still be working, but mm. but yeah, it was one of those things that you know you rewatch as, as an adult and you take away different things. And I was like, damn, that little kid's fucking good. <laughs> um, and then uh, the last one, as I just watched, uh, it's called Rudy, a docu musical, and it's about Rudy Giuliani, and it's Uh-oh. fucking incredible. <laughs> it is uh, part documentary, um, part musical. Um, and I really hope that there's an actual full length musical that they did that is playing and will hopefully tour someday because I would pay a lot of money to go see the Rudy Giuliani musical. Um, it's really funny to watch, to, to, to go back and look at Giuliani's life and think about how 
he had such a good reputation for a one not even a year basically like a six month period where he did a good job and everybody was like america's mayor we fucking love rudy giuliani but he was a piece of shit before 9-11 and he was a piece of shit after 9-11 and that's the biggest takeaway wow that is uh, crazy though to think about that you're kind of reminding me of that i forgot yeah, he after was an 9/11. absolute piece of shit the david dinkins shit that happened he basically started a fucking riot with the cops oh yeah Absolutely. Some of the, he was, Anyways, watch that. It's very fun the way they did it, though. The 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 combination of documentary and musical was really really interesting. And where where can you see that? That I watched on. I want to say. Let me look it up. I want it because while you're looking that up, you also mentioned the three part Arnold documentary, and that's on Netflix, right? Yeah, cool. that sounds good. Yeah, I, I especially want to see him talking about pumping iron. I mean, um, the part of. the you just really kind of fall back in love with the dude where I did. I was like, damn, this dude's passionate about his stuff, man. I, anytime Amazon I hear, prime, Amazon prime for the, um, uh, the documentary. Yes. Yeah. For the Rudy documentary, Rudy, Dr. Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Arnold, whenever he talks, you get reminded that whatever, uh, he's not a perfect guy. Of course, you know, he's made plenty of mistakes, but he's got a the passion maid. and an ethic that is inspiring. Maybe not every ethic. Not every ethic. He was a Republican. He was a Republican. Okay, well, he was. He was. But he, the thing that's good about him is being a Republican from California. Well, he was one. He, of, to, he was one of the classic Republicans where it would, like their biggest disagreements was just fiscal shit. Like mm-hmm. you know they wanted yeah. to, they just wanted to cut spending on everything. Like oh. I miss those Republicans. Remember when that was the Republican Party mm-hmm. when they were just wanting to fucking cut everything? Eh, they never. Loved I mean, us they're still gays. that, but huh? <laughs> they never loved us gays. That's true. That's I mean, very. <laughs> but true. aside from that, <laughs> they weren't. As gnarly as they are now. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Chuck, the thanks f- for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, That's thanks fun. for coming back. We'll definitely um, have you back. Maybe we'll have uh, you and Dustin come or something like that. But okay. we'll definitely uh, and keep us updated the next time you have a room screening because we definitely want to go back to that. Yeah. And hopefully I, I oh. will... I will, I will as early as possible, block out my schedule so that I don't have a fucking show. Yeah. Because yeah. I want to go again. That was so, so was much fun. fun. So much fun. Dude, everything I've seen there, whether it's been uh, gone just for blockbusters, gone for independence, gone for Rocky Horror, it's always a good time. And it's always a reminder of why... Um, you you gotta you gotta you you gotta get off your beaten path. That's what I need to do. I haven't done Rocky Horror there. I need oh, to do yeah. that too. Yeah, this do you year, do that every year? Yeah, yeah. end of the year, every or beginning of the year. So um, this year, since it's on Sunday night, I think we're doing three nights. Nice. Oh, and then sweet. The, okay. And then New Year's night is when we we there's like 15 minutes after the film's over. They can flip on the TV and watch the ball drop. So we do that every year. Oh, nice. On New Year's. That's a great one. That does sound, that would be really fun. Hell yeah. And that's just enough time to grab a cigarette before the ball dropped. Yeah. If you've never done like a Rocky Horror or the Room, like a, like an audience participation type screening, uh, it's a really fun time. Yeah. Really fun. Um, Yeah. Chuck, thanks again. Uh, Don't forget circlecinema.org. Follow Follow the page too. Yep. Follow him. Follow us. Follow OLA Ministries and Hilton Price. Uh, Guten Tag. Wunderbar. I don't know how to say goodbye in German. Later. Take it from me. Later, Hosen. I love you. <laughs>